The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. been kicked out of the Ecuadorian embassy after spending seven years there and part of the reason they may have wanted him out may have been that he did not make life easy for his hosts. There have been reports for some time that Assange was sort of uh, had outlived his welcome there in the embassy for all sorts of reasons including his you know that his cat had been making a mess and that he was skateboarding in the halls and stealing Wi-Fi. Oh, that's not even all. The ambassador also said that Assange's indoor soccer games had destroyed embassy equipment and the government had to require him to start cleaning his bathroom. And look, at some point in our lives, we've all lived with someone like this and we've all wished that we could have British police carry them out of our building like a hastily rolled carpet. (laughs) Ah, very nice. Hilarious. Very nice. Reminds me of when my son was home from college and I love the boy, I really do. Um... But uh, we were sharing a bathroom for quite a while, and it dawned on me that while on one hand my beloved son was home, on the other hand I was now rooming with a 20-year-old male, which I had no desire to do. Uh, But he's out on his own now. The bird has flown the nest. It's tax day, Joe. Did you know that? Yes, yes. 
I did. Taxes! Taxes! Beautiful, lovely taxes! Aha! 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 The federal government's saying to you right now. Yeah, yeah, great. April 15th. So Those of the, you who pay income tax, an intention of the, the progressive tax code, my friends, portrayed as enlightened, but is actually a plot to get as many people as possible on the government teat and as few as possible paying. Therefore, those who dole out the money will never have their power challenged. There are not enough people paying taxes. So the federal government is uh, hoping to take in around $3.5 trillion this this tax season, which ends today. $3.5 trillion because they spend significantly more than that. Um, Which is a problem, you'd think. I know if uh, if I was going to spend considerably more this year than I took in in salary, I would consider that something that I should uh, I should do something about. But you can't even get anybody to talk about that. But that's nope. a different topic. Boring. Um, more than eighty percent of the three point three trillion dollars comes from individuals through either income tax or payroll taxes that fund Social Security and Medicare. Corporate taxes are nine percent of that three point three trillion dollars. Payroll tax is another topic that, once you become aware of it, is so interesting and so important, but nobody wants to talk about it. If you want to add an employee, which you would think everybody would be in favor of, the government taxes you fairly heavily for doing that. About 44% of Americans pay no federal income tax, a number that has grown quite a bit over the years. To my earlier point, it's deliberately designed. If you're in a blue state, you know how this works. Uh, they try to make the pool of taxpayers very, very small so that they can never vote the uh, the single party out of power. And uh, who's paying the taxes or how much? The top, well, the bottom 20% have negative tax rates. That is, you actually get more back from the federal government than you pay in. The right, bottom the 20%. cleverly named earned income tax credit. It's just a check. It's a gift. The top 0.1%, we're not talking about the top 1%, we're talking about the tenth of 1%. Mm-hmm. Pay 39.2%. Let's call it 40%. We'll round it up. Pay 40%. When are the rich going to pay their fair share? I, and I always always want to ask people when they're chanting that at a Bernie rally or, or whoever's talking about the rich paying their fair share. What should it be? What should the 0.1% of the population pay of the federal taxes? If, it, if 40% is low, what should it be, I wonder? I've, I've always wondered. I, I, Bernie Sanders tonight, to his credit is on Fox uh, doing a, a little interview thing. Yeah, Town Hall, I think. Town yeah. Hall thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the other candidates won't go on Fox. The DNC decided that Foxes can't have a debate on Fox because they're clearly just such a you know, phony news outlet. But Bernie is um, smartly, I think, going on Fox because, mm-hmm. for well, for one thing, he's courting a lot of Trump supporters who do watch Fox. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, I wish somebody would ask Bernie if if forty percent is not the right number for a tenth of the population to a tenth of one percent of the right. population to pay. Mm-hmm. What would be the right number? Right, twenty seven dollars. Well, I've been consistent since childhood on this, Jack, which either makes me a, a simpleton or or a hero or something in between. Uh, I think the idea that there's a progressive tax code with a zillion loopholes is ridiculous and indefensible. Everybody ought to be paying the same percentage. If you want to exempt the first, you know, thirty thousand dollars of income or forty or fifty, whatever it is, to make sure everybody has food and 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 housing and the rest of it for their family, that's fine. I could see that. But if you make 
the zillionaires pay the same percentage as, as the low rungers, they will pay a multiple exactly of the multiple of income that they have over those people. There will be no loopholes. There will be no carve-outs. There will be no paying clever accountants to evade any tax responsibility whatsoever. And every single person in this country will consider themselves a stakeholder in the way money's taken in and spent. It would lead to an enormous change in our society. It's the difference between, if, if you know the, one person's on an expense account and they're paying for everything, the way you order is very different than if you know you're all sharing it equally as you go out on the town. And everybody knows that. So when, when uh, Elizabeth Warren or Bernie are howling about the rich, what would you cons- I, I would like to ask them this, too. Who are the rich? The top tenth of a percent? Top one percent? Top five percent? What are we going with? Top five percent. That's pretty... Yeah, I'd say Most that's, people yes. would think that... So 95% of us make less than the, 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 that five percent. The top five percent right. pay almost 60%. Of the federal taxes. Almost 60%. What mm-hmm. should that number be if that's not high enough? The devil's advocate answer to your question is, well, what percentage of income do they take in? And those numbers are available, too, and we can dig them up for you if you a want. Lot. Um, yeah, a lot. But the question is answered if everybody pays, you know, 12% or whatever. The top 25% pay close to 90% of the taxes. The top 25%. Right. So the bottom, 75% of taxpayers have virtually no federal income tax uh, to pay. Therefore, they don't care. Therefore, they'll never vote for fiscal responsibility. These numbers are a couple of years old. We will never understand why it takes so long to compile these numbers because they're all not have a calculator. They're all in a computer. I would think you could spit them out daily if you wanted to. But anybody use Excel out there? Just a total of all. If you're wondering if you're in the top 25 percent of wage earners in this country, that'd be uh, anybody makes more more than eighty thousand dollars a year. If you're in that top 25 percent, you pay you you pay close to 90 percent of the taxes for the whole country. You and yours. Although the difference between, uh, you said in the top 25%, 80 grand plus, mm-hmm. which is amazing, especially if you live in a uh, an expensive, you know, coastal state. Um, but there's a world of difference between that $80,000 a year uh, person or family, whatever, and the, uh, the top 10th of 1% that we were talking about, who are making in the hundreds of millions. I mean, it's just, it's just so much financial reporting and tax policies just laughable. I mean, somebody who lives and works in Seattle and is making 200 Gs pays the same percentage in taxes. Actually, more because they're in a blue state, but as somebody making 200 Gs in Coon Holler, Kentucky, um, where Coon the cost Holler. of living is probably a quarter. Hmm. You know, I probably ought a to quarter. come up with a... Uh, <laughs> well, probably when you mix in housing, I'm sure it is. Um, well, oh, you, you meant a you quarter of, not a 25-cent piece. Oh, yeah, a I quarter of. I thought you meant of, a 25-cent yeah. piece. Yeah, it costs you a very, quarter a month. Jerry, you're renting nickel. <laughs> Food's a penny. Here in Coon Holler, penny and a half. Mm. What are you trying to steal from me? But, you know, listen, I'm Don Quixote, and I'm tilting at windmills. I'm a, I'm a clown of a man. I'm a ridiculous joke of a man <laughs> trying to fight wow. against this stuff. A I'm joke de- of a man. I'm delusional. I think dragons are real, right? I'm, I'm, it's just, I don't even know why I bother. <laughs>
So I don't anyway. even know I go on living. Uh, our text line. <laughs> I'd be interested. Kidding. What? 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 What is the? Who's the rich? What percentage is the rich? And then what percentage of all taxes should that those people pay? I don't know the answer. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. We'll hit you with some more stats directly commensurate with their income. Is the answer justice? Not manipulated, twisted math called justice. Actual justice. Trump with an interesting tweet this morning. As always, I'm looking forward to Marshall when he plays a little bit of Nancy Pelosi on 60 Minutes last night because she said a couple of things that were that uh, were attention getting. And at some point, I think we're going to talk about Bernie and his strategy, which is different than all the other Democrats' strategies. Uh, and according to the Washington Post, a lot of heavyweights in the Democratic Party are worried he might actually win Uh-oh. the nomination because they don't think he would beat Trump in a, in a general. Can you imagine one of the two major parties terrified of their own nominee? How interesting would that be? Do keep in mind we're only 568 days from the election. Right? 568. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Waited for years. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. So I'm I'm looking up at the TV. And so you got, we were talking about the whole tiger, you know, build them up, tear them down, build them up thing that happens with a lot of celebrities. Right, right. Often um, with their aid. <laughs> Certainly the uh, oh, case yeah. there, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm looking up at the TV, and Tiger can't particularly enjoy at least uh, Good Morning America's coverage, in which they've got the highlights from the golf tournament and the hugging the kid and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, but then they they showed the DUI uh, mugshot photo. They showed oh. his smashed car. Durr. They showed him standing there wobbling around with the police holding them in there in the dark on the road. And then they showed all the tabloid headlines with uh, you know the, the, the Tiger's love child with porn star and all this different sort of stuff. Right. Hey, yep. why do you if you either <laughs> how about you either don't cover it at all <laughs> or leave that stuff out? Yeah. Jack, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation and a moment to ruin it. Well, and he's going to live with that for the rest of his days. You know, it's it's a shame. And it's worth thinking about, my friends. My young friends in particular. But as uh, Tiger came off the 18th green there at Augusta National, where he won the Masters and capped one of the great comebacks in the history of sports, um, and he, he, he hugged his kids, I couldn't help think about you know, he tore his family apart. Oh, my God. Those aren't yeah. his, you know, he and his kids don't live together most know, of the time. It's just terrible. Well, right. Yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking, really. God, Tiger. 
Uh, it was an astounding victory, though. It was one of the great golf tournaments I've ever watched, and I've watched way too many. On my deathbed, if somebody showed me the figure, I'd probably, well, I'd die. Which is, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I'd put you over the edge. Which is merely ironic. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, probably, but uh, it was an astounding victory. It was so exciting. Uh, I was texting with my son about this uh, yesterday. Uh, Declan is a, a golfer himself of, of serious talent, although he just doesn't care about the game, which is precisely the way you ought to approach it. But um, back in the year 2000, when Tiger was so clearly the best that's ever lived, and, you know, to be the GOAT, you have to sustain it, and he got hurt because he became obsessed with being a Navy SEAL. Again, a story not many people are familiar with. He began working out like a lunatic, taking the steroids, clearly. He got enormous. Uh, but he That blew one to attract chicks probably didn't help him any, any either, because he was obviously pretty driven by that. Yeah, yeah, but he blew out his knee trying to be a Navy SEAL, of all things, as the greatest golfer in the world. But in, in the year 2000, the, uh, the U.S. Open, which is the really hardest tournament every year. They, they make the golf course impossible. But it was at Pebble Beach. And if you win a U.S. Open by five strokes, that's you won in a walk. It's just you blew them out. Ten strokes is unthinkable. It can't happen. He won by 15. It's just, you don't understand. It's like winning an NBA seventh game of the finals by 70 points. It just, you can't even comprehend it. He was that great before he became obsessed with fornication and being a Navy SEAL. And it just all went kerblooey. He's had four back surgeries in the last, I can't remember how many years. Not to mention his knee surgeries. For him to play golf at all is something of a miracle. I know plenty of guys with back problems. Um, the fact that he, he beat the best in the world yesterday is just, you know, it's a tribute to incredible courage and sacrifice and hard work. And just goes to show you whether it's him or Michael Jordan or any other, Steve Jobs, being driven enough to be the best of the 8 billion people on earth at something, you're a little off. Yeah, because <laughs> because most of us would say, even if you were given at the, at the beginning the results, You'll be this if you put in this much time. I think most of us would say, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not interested in that trade-off. Right. That does not sound like a happy life. I'm not going to dedicate every moment of my life to this. Right. And, and to the detriment of, you know, family, right. friends, perspective, whatever. But, you know. That's a pretty, you know, I don't know. I'm, I think all, pretty much all the divorces are ugly, and then they, they vary in ugliness. But that, she chases you out of the house and smashes in your window with a golf club is a, is a pretty ugly one. Most divorces are ugly, Jack. Few are as hilarious as that one was. <laughs> For those of us who were not involved. And then as far as the DUIs go, being off as to your location by 3,500 miles is a, uh, is ah, a big yes. one. When he uh, was found with his Mercedes running, smashed in at both ends. Thinking he was in four flat tires. Four. That's right. <laughs> and what he thought he was in Florida, and he was in California. Vice he was in Florida. Yeah, he yeah. thought he was in California. Right. Right. Well, warm weather, you know. <laughs> ocean. Ocean. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But but that's an ambient thing. Yeah, he was addicted yeah. to ambient because of the pain, which happens to people. Well, that and and he's he's had legendary insomnia problems since he was a young guy. But so anyway. I know more about golfers than I should. That's a lot. Do you want to hear about Ian Woosnam? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trump's got some interesting tweets today. I was going to mention that he uh, Trump raised thirty million dollars so far as re-election bid. That's more than uh, 
the top two Democrats combined, although it's one person versus several, so I don't sure. know what that means. Oh, anything. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But he's raising a ton of money. Well, and he's never stopped campaigning, really. <laughs> and I'm actually looking forward to this burning on Fox tonight. Um, a little more details on that to come, as he's going to go after Trump voters. Plus, we need to break down the whole Trump trolling the media with that Sanctuary City stuff. It's some of his best trolling ever, and everybody is just completely caught by it, completely going along with his plan. It's wild to watch. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? House Speaker Pelosi on 60 Minutes talking OAC and Trump and another round of warnings about little kids and magnets. All on the way next. Yeah. What was the name of the porn star that Tiger Woods was associated with? She was a household name there for like a week. Oh, I don't know. That was ten years ago. I would have yeah. to think about it, and that seems like a lot Rachel of effort to put into it. Who could tell? Something like that. Um, yeah, maybe. It doesn't matter. Misty um, Brooks. But doesn't that? <laughs> there's something around there. But yeah. Like she became. Did she? She sue him or? Yeah, I think those? he just. I think he just made a porn star out of a non-porn star. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there was Jamie Jocelyn Grubbs. James. Jocelyn James. Which one? Which one did we talk to on the air? Didn't we talk to one yeah, of them? Jamie on the, Grubbs. Jamie, Jamie Grubbs. Grubbs. I don't know which one. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'd forgotten all that. Well, it was ten years ago. Uh, let's get the news now, with Marshall Phillips. Riff? What riff? Nothing to see here. Move on. Move on. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on 60 Minutes managed to brush off the perceived clout of Representative Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and the left wing of the party. She was asked about her ability to unify Democrats in the House with the growth in popularity of the far left flank, telling Leslie Stahl, By and large, uh, whatever orientation they came to Congress with, they know that we have to hold the center, that we have to go down the mainstream. They know that? They do. But it doesn't look like that. It looks as if it, you're, it's fractured. AOC and her group on one side. That's like five people. No, it's the progressive group. It's more than progressive. I'm the progressive, yeah. Many headlines out of that. Pelosi rips AOC, says her posse in Congress is like five people. Yeah. Headlines like that yeah. on a number of publications. Conflict. That is a, that was a fairly dismissive thing to say. Yeah, it's like five people. Right. <laughs> right. Well, she's gee, talk about Game of Thrones. Don't mess with Nancy or your intestines will be spilling out of you. Um, <laughs> plus she's just right. Here are my she's twin just headlines. Actually right. My twin headlines are not political conflict headlines, much as I'm enjoying them. Number one, she is astonishingly energetic and fit and together for a 79-year-old. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, really impressive. Flip side of the coin, though, she's obviously getting really old. She's got that constantly moving her mouth thing. Oldster thing. Which is, hey, listen, I hope to make it to her uh, age someday and be as healthy as her. Wait a second. What? I think you set this up as you are are above people who only talk about conflict and you decided to go with physical attacks on the old? No, no, no. I don't see it that way at all. It's a reality check. Maybe it's, I'm holding up a mirror. She's amazingly fit and active and together, but is obviously very old, and those symptoms of age don't diminish. I think she will be obviously 
crazy old within a year. Which sets up, you know, a fight for power atop the uh, the Democratic heap. There's more. On another matter, Stahl was asking Pelosi to describe President Trump. And here's what Nancy had to say. How would you describe President Trump? How would I describe him? I think that he describes himself on a daily basis. I think that there's nobody in the country who knows better that he should not be president of the United States than Donald Trump. You think he knows it himself? I think he does, yeah. But I respect the office he holds, and uh, he's not worth the trouble of saying, you're so horrible, we can't work together. No, we need to work together. What an interesting thing for the Speaker of the House to say. I don't think anybody in the country knows more. He shouldn't be president than him. The president (laughs) has tweeted in reply. Before Nancy, who has lost all control of Congress and is getting nothing done, decides to defend her leader, Representative Omar. Wow. She should look at the anti-Semitic, anti-Israel, and ungrateful U.S. hate statements Omar has made. She's out of control except for her control of Nancy. While trying to pit the two against each other. I think Nancy's a little smart for that gambit, Mr. President, sir, but good try. Turns out more kids are going to the hospital for swallowing small objects than ever before. A study by the American Academy of Pediatrics tracked emergency room admissions for kids under six who had swallowed a tiny object. And it found admissions surged more than 90% over the last 10 years. It, It turns out coins were responsible for most cases, followed by toys, jewelry, and a sudden surge in kids swallowing small batteries. Here's the, wow, here's, batteries. Here's, yeah. here's, here's the Freakonomics question on that, though. Right. Going to the emergency room because your kids swallowed something. Uh, are they swallowing more things, or are we just taking our kids to the emergency room more often? It seems clearly to be the latter to me. And Either kids swallowed it and we thought, right. ah, they'll poop it out, or, right. <laughs> or we weren't right. hovering over them all the time. So we didn't notice them swallowing a penny or something. I don't know. Right. But. Yeah, that's an interesting angle. Well, but, yeah, it's uh, yeah. there are a number of factors at work. Unless, you know, if the kid swallows a lithium-ion battery, I might at least want to know, hey, how serious is this? I would call the, I, the, the, the advice nurse at right. least. <laughs> right, yeah. But if the kid swallows, you know, a tiny Lego or, or a toy or a coin or something. And isn't choking or anything. It's just right. in there. Yeah, swallowing, not inhaling. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how worried I'd be. Well, some of those tiny little Legos. Yeah. Be, but they're, they're, I mean, they're tiny. I, it, I, like a half the size of a Tic Tac. A third the size of a Tic Tac. Some of those tiny little Legos. Yeah, yeah. I think, wouldn't you just Google it? My kids swallowed a penny. Uh, why are you running to the emergency room? That's an odd figure, because there's no way that there's been this enormous surge in ravenous toddlers <laughs> eating objects. I, I don't, mean, uh, yeah, not the case. I don't uh, think the uh, behavior of tiny humans has changed much in the correct. last 10 years. What, what a lot the of the behavior pedi- of a, a grown-up humans has changed a lot in the last 10 years. What a lot of the pediatricians are saying, though, is, you know the small magnets? Sometimes they will, they'll bunch up like in two or three, and if the child right. swallows those, they can cause serious problems uh, with magnets. Yeah, little magnets. Yeah, okay. so if your kid together. swallows a bunch of magnets, <laughs> go to the emergency room. I would too. Well, but. even two. Come on. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the Conscience of the Nation. And on your way to the hospital, see if you can uh, stick some paper clips to your kid, just you know, to lighten the mood. <laughs> Maybe put your uh, grocery list, just tack it on his stomach exactly. with another just, with another just, magnet. Again, to entertain the child. <laughs> oh, oh, that is an interesting story right there. 
just about the behavior of parents, not the behavior yeah. of children. Huh, I'll be darned. Shoot it before you swallow. More data on the West Coast bum explosion. No Mayor more. Pete racial scandal. Oh, you're out to be, tear down Mayor Pete today with all kinds of scurrilous claims. Welcome to the big show, Pete. That is true. Once you get to a certain level, people will be gunning for you, including other Democrats, right? Well, plus, yeah, the thorough vetting of the presidential process. Your sins, which nobody particularly cared about two years ago, now are big news. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Surprise cameos by The Rock and Roseanne Barr in Game of Thrones last night, which has got tongues wagging. Yep. And uh, most of the lead characters killed off in the first episode, so that's your Game of Thrones recap if you haven't seen it yet. I've never seen a second of the show. I understand there's dragons. The rest of the season is said to focus on the uh, agricultural uh, aspect of the life there in Westeros. The producers, a lot of planting, sowing, reaping. Producers decided they'd educate this last season rather than entertain. Exactly. So a lot of stuff about medieval agriculture. So uh, a lot of wild stuff in the news uh, today, including a, uh, a man, Florida man. Evidently, the animal kingdom has tired of the whole Florida man thing. And a huge flightless uh, bird attacked and killed its owner after he, he fell. It's a cassowary, Jack, a cassowary. And those are the uh, the mathematicians who figure out uh, how long people will live mm. and what insurance rates ought to be. I think that's an actuary. So well, it's a cassowary? I completely misunderstood this story. <laughs> I'm going to have to reread it. A cassowary, Jack, is similar to an emu and stands up to six feet tall and 130 pounds. I didn't know that. With black body feathers and bright blue heads and necks, so you'll see him coming. Uh, more to the point of this story, the San Diego Zoo's website calls cassowaries the world's most dangerous bird. They have a four-inch dagger-like claw on each foot. One one swift kick can just slice you open like it's Game of Thrones. Oof. Yeah. So evidently, this old boy, he uh, he keeps cassowaries, and he, he tripped and fell, and these savage, vicious birds, which should be stamped out, uh, saw their opportunity and, and just, well, they stabbed him to death. They slashed him to death. Um, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I, I They're six foot, 130 pounds with daggers on each foot, and they can run 30 miles per hour. Yikes. So good, other than good, that. Good pet. Other than that, a great pet. Also, this, uh, this ought to be, I don't know, this guy must have moved to Michigan from Florida. He's suing his parents after they destroyed his extremely valuable porn collection. He alleged he had uh, $30,000 worth of pornography. I saw that story. So he's, he gets divorced. He's 40. He moves back in with his parents. And then when he finally leaves again, right. they, they got rid of his porn collection and he's suing them. He said, I'll come back from my porn and other belongings in a few weeks. He's not a loser at all. So he ended up back at home at age 40 with $30,000 worth of porn. Yes. Oh, my God. Twelve moving boxes full of adult films. Oh, my God. I remember when they made films for adults, and I don't mean adult films, not this stupid superhero garbage. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm kidding. Upset, he called the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office, uh, estimated the value at around 
$28,000, almost twenty nine, but he's still suing his parents for $86,822.16 in damages. Um, wow, this guy's got to be a tweaker, huh? Is that the slander? I don't think so. In my opinion, he's a tweaker, as he had 12 moving boxes full of pornography plus two boxes of sex toys. Oof. That sounds like a tweaker to me, according to uh, cop buddies. And and you got divorced at 40 and had to move in with your parents. Right, with enormous amounts of porn and sex toys. Uh, his father wrote, Believe it or not, one reason for why I destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional health. I would have done the same if I had found a kilo of crack cocaine. Someday I hope you'll understand. Yeah. Wow. Evidently, he, he was a small-time porn dealer in high school and college. He sold porn to other students. You hope to be not parenting at that level when your kid's 40, probably. Yeah, yeah. Some of his porn, he says, is extremely valuable because those videos aren't being distributed anymore. That's right, because nobody needs them. Not just out of print, but the entire studio making it dissolved, and that was 20 years ago. So it's like an original print of of, uh, The Wizard of Oz, for instance, Jack. Poor man. His parents didn't understand his passion, his hobby. Do we have handy our tax clip of the day, Sean? Is it possible to uh, get to that since today is tax day? This is the uh, the clip we're running all day long. This is the federal government's response. Taxes! <laughs> taxes! Beautiful, lovely taxes! <laughs> I like the second one even better, though. Come on. Double the taxes! Triple the taxes! Squeeze every last drop out of those insolent musical peasants. So, at some point, we're going to get uh, back to the West Coast bum explosion that is just... It, it could be the lead story on all the news all the time. Across the country, it's such an extreme happening. Those who don't live in those places don't don't know it because it's really uncomfortable for the media to report on it. Or at least they, when they do, they, they talk about the tragedy of homelessness. When it's really the tragedy of, of junkies clogging up American cities. But uh, interesting that of all people, Cher, the ancient and wildly left singer... Cher, the singer, okay. Yes, indeed. Tweeted, I understand helping struggling immigrants, but my city, Los Angeles, isn't taking care of its own. What about the 50,000-plus citizens who live on the streets, people who live below the poverty line and are hungry? If my state can't take care of its own, and many are vets, how can it take care of more? That's an excellent question, Cher. You've come to rational thinking about politics late in life, but I congratulate you for arriving. Even liberal economists will go on and on talking about how, well, immigrants actually, they enhance the economy, Jack. They, they help the economy grow, and we need them, blah, blah, blah. And all that's true in a macro sense. But even they will concede on a local level, towns, cities, counties, and states, so many Immigrants, well, so many illegal immigrants in particular end up on the public dole or their kids. Kids are very, very expensive until they become wage earners and taxpayers for a society, for a family, whatever. Um, On a local level, it's enormously expensive. Nobody wants to talk about that, honestly, except, you know, if you ask a teacher off the record, how has it affected classrooms? You ask a school administrator off the record or a principal Man, they will cry you a river about the challenges they're dealing with. So I'm kind of pleased to see Cher come around to that point of view. Yeah, it's an excellent point. We can't admit everybody into this country, then put them on the welfare state. Actually, there's one more. Um, 
Scott Adams tweeted, the uh, the, the famous uh, Dilbert cartoonist, no tall candidates for president. A health care plan that does not include a border security solution is a plan to fail. Of course it is. Unlimited free health care for everyone, everyone in the country. Oh, and anyone can come into the country. I mean, it's so obviously unsustainable. I feel strange even making the argument. It's obvious. Um, it's as if a gigantic cassowary was attacking our country, Jack. We're defenseless to stop it. Uh, I've never seen one of those at a zoo or anything. I mean, if a bird, if a six-foot-tall bird is running at me at 30 miles per hour, if it doesn't have long dagger claws, I'm terrified. But this, they got to call it the murder bird. You know? <laughs> That's a good name. How, how, how can this thing be allowed to live? I'd go to the zoo to check out the murder bird. Normally, I'm against the extinction of species, but how long will we put up with this threat? There's fury in some quarters over the fact that Al Sharpton is getting an honorary doctorate. He'll be Dr. Al Sharpton from here on out. What pathetic institute of lower education has conferred that honor on the con man? Taxpayer-funded Medgar Evans College? Ah. Okay. Sounds like a, uh, you know, traditionally black university of little, you know, note. But they have all the... uh, insane. Al Sharpton is a con man. He's a... He's a betrayer of civil rights. He's not a civil rights hero. They have the heft and accreditation of, uh, of uh, you know, schools that do this sort of thing. Sure. So so call him Dr. Al Sharpton from here on out. I won't. I won't call him the Reverend Al Sharpton. He came about his divinity degree in some phony baloney declaration by a church leader. He's a con man. He's a good one. I'll grant him that. Constant fixture on cable news. Please. New York Times had an article over the weekend about the many reasons to run for president when you probably don't stand a chance. The book deals, the TV contracts, the cabinet position if your side wins. Recent history suggests there's almost no downside to giving a shot to running for president. I love this. All, all the things that you can get out of it. A couple more people got in over the weekend that I had not heard of. Uh, a regular Congress guy. Swalwell! Swalwell! In a difference, in, a, in addition to that, that's person. a real name, by the way. That's a real person <laughs> that is running for president. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, a congressman of zero note. You mentioned things that have jumped the shark. I'm thinking that at some point, both parties will stop, won't they? Taking everybody who officially announces whatever that means seriously and giving them all the the heft of a real candidate, because it clearly for a lot of people, if not m- many of the candidates. It's just a shot at a cable news show or a book or something. Right. Or a better gig. Sure. They have no expectation of actually being president. You're making a name. It's almost like being a musician. Once people know your name, you got a leg up, and suddenly you're getting booked, and you're on the big tours or whatever. That's all they're doing. They're trying to elevate their Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, please. It's hilarious. Although, you know, the media takes it seriously, and, you know. As long as they do, I guess everybody else will. Speaking of musicians, Sean, who's that girl you've been uh, pimping the last couple of weeks? I shouldn't say pimping a girl because you're not pimping. You're pimping her music. Uh, Billie Eilish. Yeah. So one of my favorite musicians, who is a hard rock guitar player, I saw him on some YouTube video yesterday. Anyway, he's talking about Coachella, and he said that was the highlight of Coachella. 
so far was her. I didn't know her. her we played a little bit out on the air. She's 19 years old? Yeah. 17 years old. Yeah. She's 17, 17 years old. 19, it's her 11 God. years old. She's 17. It's her and her brother. Her brother does all the, is all the arranger, putting all the music together. It's, mm-hmm. it's like three people, her and her brother. And anyway, this musician who I like, who could completely different kind of music. Yeah. So that was the most interesting thing that happened at Coachella over the weekend. Really? So I'll have to check that album out. She's the thing, man. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. Although Saturday Night Live subjected me to MBS, MTS, CTA, BTS over the weekend. First time I'd seen BTS's act. If you have BTS, ask your doctor if Florenta is right for you. (laughs) They're a big deal, man. The crowd went crazy. K-pop. K-pop. Oh, Lord. Yet another boy band, this time in a different language. Crap (laughs) Crap is crap the world round, Jack. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.